0: You're listening to The Junior Hereford Show with Noah Benedict. Let's get ready to learn, lead, and achieve. Okay, everybody, welcome back to The Junior Hereford Show. And I just want to take a minute and say thank you all for listening. Um, This has been a big goal of our junior board here for a little bit. And uh, we're super thankful for all the support we've gotten in in the first couple episodes that we've put out. And we're super excited for this episode for you. Today, I have Mr. Jared Gillig on the line. And uh, Jared, you want to go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: Yeah, sure. Uh, good to see you again, Noah. Uh, appreciate the opportunity to, to talk with uh, the group this morning. Um, so my name is Jared Gillig. I lead the business operations supply chain for Cargill Protein North America and also a Hereford breeder. So, uh, so I've seen many, uh, many juniors at shows and stuff. So we raise Herefords there in uh, Blue Rapids, Kansas.
0: Awesome. Well, it's, it's great to hear that someone so involved in the industry is, it, is uh, raising Hereford cattle. Jared, could you tell us a little bit about your background, you know, maybe what you were involved in growing up and, and where you went to school and kind of and what led you
1: to your career with Cargill? Yeah, you bet. Uh, so I actually grew up in Missouri and uh, was, was raised on the other side of the fence, for se. So I was uh, active in the Angus Association and uh, was actually served on the uh, junior board for the Angus Association. And that's actually how Jamie and I, my wife, met is uh, we met in Houston, Texas at uh, the Youth Beef Industry Council meeting, and uh, so she was at the time the chairman of the Junior Poldt-Herford Association, and then, like I said, I was the chairman of the Junior Her- Junior Angus Association, and uh, so anyway, we uh, we uh, obviously met there, and dated, and, and uh, ended up getting married, and uh, for all of you uh, that are looking for secrets of successful marriage, a happy wife is a happy life, and uh, so we no longer run Angus and, and we've got a 100% uh, Hereford herd. So so we joined uh, Jamie's family there in Blue Rapids. We, we've we had the opportunity uh, with Cargill. So I joined Cargill in 2000, or in, uh, I apologize. I joined Cargill in 1998. Uh, Jamie and I got married in 2000. And uh, so when I first joined Cargill, I uh, actually started in our Skylar Nebraska plan and then hear about... Uh, four or five years ago, we got to move home to, to Blue Rapids. And so we reside up there and then I commute down to Wichita. But yeah, but going back to kind of what led me to this, I actually, so I, I grew up a little bit different than, than what a lot of folks that are active in uh, the cattle industry. I actually, uh, in my, what was it? Uh, the seventh grade, uh, sixth to seventh grade year, I ended up getting an agriculture loan for my first two cows. And uh, and went and and had that had that loan and that's kind of how my angus herd got started and uh, was was great uh, process to work through and uh, and I got pretty excited about just the beef industry in general and judged livestock so went to junior college at Northeastern Oklahoma and judged livestock there and then transferred to Oklahoma State yeah. and uh, got an agriculture economics degree actually from Oklahoma State. Um, but I, I have always been extremely passionate about the, the beef industry and, and obviously wanted to get into it and, uh, and found my way into it, for say, with the Angus, Angus herd and uh, fortunate how that worked out and, and uh, pretty happy with the success we had uh, with that small herd uh, there too. But, but as I looked at different opportunities, Cargill was, was pretty intriguing to me, just, just from a global standpoint, and then also uh, just that whole transition from muscle to meat, and uh and seeing how that works right I mean as a producer a lot of us don't get the opportunity to see that and uh and I, I was it was pretty intriguing to me so so I was pretty excited to be able and get the opportunity to join Cargill there in uh, 1998 and and from there it kind of you know continued to continue to blossom per se so.
0: I think you said a couple awesome things there one is a uh... I wonder what some of those uh, powwows, are, or so to say, would be like between the, the chairman of the Junior Polled Association and the Junior Angus Association back in the day. I think that would have been pretty cool. But, um, and then YBIC is coming up. I'm actually going to that conference um, next month. So we're, we're definitely looking forward to that. And I think you also good. said something interesting, too, about um, from muscle to meat. You know, a lot of our producers out there do focus on producing muscle and quality cattle with good muscle, but maybe forget there is a transition process there. So I think that's something um that i think you can you can open some eyes on when we go to the fed steer shootout field day you bet so so jumping in here next um can you talk about you know cargill and what you've experienced um you know in your roles there over the years and kind of the, the they they obviously play a major role in the beef industry and maybe talk to some to some extent about what they do and, and some of the different programs that they can help the beef industry with
1: um, so so Cargill, and I'll, I'll kind of go through my career too, and we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit at the uh, field day, or we'll have an opportunity to, to interact with folks at the field day as well, just from an opportunity standpoint. But like I said, I'd started uh, you know there with Cargill and uh, started in Schuyler, Nebraska as a trainee. So at the time we kind of go through a six month training program. It was actually hired for sales. And uh, and as I got into the plants, I, I was just absolutely amazed at, uh, you know, the scale and the scope of the plan. You, th- you think about, you know, 2,200 folks all having the same, you know, focus of, of transitioning live cattle into, into sellable boxes and uh, everything that's in that process. It, it really was fascinating. And the team, the people I interacted with were just absolutely great. Uh, so I, I really, really uh, started to enjoy the operations piece and got an opportunity to stay in operations. So never never went into sales, always, always stayed there. And then. Uh, from that, had the opportunity to drive was on the harvest floor. So did a lot with our off area. So if you think of all the drop, drop credit, when we talk about drop credit, we mean like the hides and, you know, the off items being, being the stomachs. So there's, you know, four stomachs in a cow and we sell each of the four stomachs. We sell the intestines. You know, all of those things are marketable items. And that, that was my responsibility early on as I kind of had that area nobody else wanted to go to. And uh, But it was a great learning, learning experience, got to interact with a lot of international customers. So we sell a lot of those products into Asia and uh, specifically into Japan. So, uh, so from there, I had the opportunity to go to Friona, Texas and uh, went into our specifications. So working more with uh, domestic customers and then kind of grew up into the fab floor, was a superintendent on our second shift uh, fabrication area. So responsible for basically the entire carcass breakdown and, and getting it into those boxes. And then uh, from that, got to be the fab manager, responsible for both shifts, and eventually took the general manager position there in Freona. Uh, from there, got an experience to go to uh, Canada, and uh, Jamie and I spent 18 months up in Canada and led the McDonald's business. Um, so we provide 100% of the beef for McDonald's Canada. Uh, so I got an opportunity to lead that, and then came back down to the States, uh, ran Plainview, Texas for a period of time, back into Schuyler. And then uh, took on an operations role where I had the turkey and the grind business. And that's when we got to move back to Blue Rapids. And then uh, eventually took over the operations for all of our sites. We got 42 locations across North America. And then uh, then I recently took this role about 18 months ago um, as the operations and supply chain. So basically everything outside of sales um, that, that touches those plans. So that's kind of from a career path. You know, as I look at Cargill and the impact, um, you know, I'm I'm pretty blessed. Cargill is a uh, family-owned operation, so we get to we get to do a lot of things that are above the bottom line. I mean, the, the family is extremely dedicated in in giving back into the plants, and uh, in giving back into our operations, and then that likewise gives us the opportunity to give back into the communities. Um, so we get to do fun events like like what we're doing with the the Fed Shootout, uh, where we you know we we'll put a lot into that but the education aspect of that is absolutely huge and uh the more the more education we can do you know in general is uh is absolutely tremendous you know some of the other stuff we're working on you know labor challenges we've all heard and seen uh the labor challenges so we're doing a lot of automation type of stuff i i actually spent uh, a week and a half ago i got to spend three days with with a group out of australia and, uh, and we're putting AI technology into our facilities, where they're we're actually using vision technology to help us with safety. So if you think of uh, like saw exposures and stuff like that, um, you think about foreign objects, as we you know foreign objects are in the plant. We want to make sure those don't enter the food stream, and then also just in product you know performance of jobs, and how uh, how folks are doing their jobs as well. So it's it's pretty amazing how you know, in, in 20, uh, in 24 years, how, how far we've come. I mean, what I, what I've been able to see in that is, is absolutely amazing, but it really comes still back to one thing. And, uh, and that is our teams and the, and the folks we got in the plants, uh, they, they do just an absolutely remarkable job and anybody that's gets, got the opportunity to come into a cargo plant or, or even one of our competitor plants, you know, it it is those employees that are physically doing that, um, that that actually make it all happen. Uh, to be really honest with you, we all do it slightly different, but it's, it's generally the same. Um, and it, and it really comes down to those employees and the dedication of those employees to, to help producers get, get their live animals, you know, to a sellable box. That
0: That's awesome to hear about, you know, your dedication to the industry and Cargill's as well. A couple follow-up questions I hear just, or I have here just from what you said. Um, one, I think, you said you spent some time in Canada, correct? And and you were you were managing up yep. there at the time. Yeah. Do you happen to remember just, you know, how much how many pounds you actually sold to McDonald's in Canada, or is that a bad question?
1: No, it's a it's a great question. So so generally, um, you know, I, this is pretty embarrassing. I don't I don't have the exact poundage, but if you uh, you know, we, we can back into the math relatively quickly. Um, so we we would do somewhere between four, um, four and five million hamburger patties a day um, is what we produced out of that out of that plant so you start thinking let's just generally say it's a million pounds million pounds a day so we'll we'll be right at that uh, fifty five to sixty million pounds you know going across um, going across into McDonald's specifically in Canada you know a lot of people are one of the you know, I sit on a plane or, or you sit somewhere and somebody asks what you do. And of course you start writing a conversation and a lot of folks start asking, well, you know, you know, McDonald's quality. I mean, there's, you know, they, they can't have as quality a product as what you see. And, and actually that's, that couldn't be further from the truth. McDonald's is probably one of the toughest customers uh, that we have on quality expectations. And just from a product performance standpoint, uh, we do more rigorous testing in the quality of their patties and, you know, the t- taste, the bite, the you know how the patty performs actually on the grill. Um they they are a tremendous customer. And it's really the scope. I mean it's like it's the scale, right? I mean if you're buying that much beef, you could buy it, you know, relatively cheaper than the next person too, right? So what I liken it back to is there's reason why people go to a Costco or to a Sam's club to buy in bulk because they believe they can get it cheaper. And uh so that's just you know McDonald's math is just a little bit bigger than most. Uh, so, so they get to, you know, they, they can, they can buy that product in, in really high quality beef, um, you know, cheaper. So yeah, it was an absolute great experience and just getting that close to our consumers and customers. Um, yeah, it was really, it was really fun, uh, fun up there and great experience.
0: That's pretty cool. And I think that's something that just puts a, a pretty good idea into maybe some of our listeners heads like, Hey, McDonald's, that's, that's 60 million pounds of beef there. And that's probably on the low end. If I, if I listen to your, well,
1: that's- that's just in Canada. Yeah. You know, the, the Canadian, you know, this down here in the States, it's gonna be closer to eight hundred, eight sixty, 860, something like that, million pounds.
2: 860.
1: That'll be a swag, but it'll be pretty close. <laughs> yeah,
0: it'd be it'd be in the ballpark. Um, and then Jared, before yeah. we uh, before we jump in, um, you know, or before we take a break here and move to the next segment, um, after we listen to our sponsors, um, can you tell us what it was like? You know, you've had a long career here with Cargill. It sounds like. Can you tell us, you know, kind of how you went about, you know, presenting yourself so that you could get the get a promotion, or you know, if you were, you know, what did you do in order to to move yourself up the chain, so to say?
1: You know what, that is an outstanding question, and uh, and and one that that uh, a, as you think about it, a lot of a lot of folks, and I have this as a matter of fact. I was talking to somebody yesterday about it. Um, a lot of folks really get concerned about what their next job is, and I, I can honestly tell you I never worried about what my next job was. I, I, I had to focus on doing the current job really, really well, and if and I am a firm believer that if you do your current job really, really well, that folks will recognize you, and the way you get recognized is an opportunity or, hey, would you consider taking this role on or would you consider, and and that's really how that works. Um, so what did that look like? What did doing a good job look like? It meant, you know, not doing just enough, you know, doing slightly above, you know, what, what that looked like. like, like making sure that I wasn't just making the, the expectation, but how do I exceed that expectation? And some of that could have been, you know, coming in, you know, where we have uh, meetings or you got a corporate visitor group uh, and I'm working night shift. Well, you know, come in and spend a couple hours with that corporate team to learn You know, what is the broader organization focus on? And then how can I bring that back to the team that I'm leading there on night shift or spending time on day shift, looking at different processes, you know, the day shift superintendent and I'd have a couple of different conversations and he'd talk about what he's trying on day shift. I'd go spend a couple hours with him to learn. And how can I put that into, in a place? And the other thing is your team. I, um, I am a, I'm also a firm believer that as you grow people on your team and they get promoted that's, that's the best recognition you can get. Um, you know, so as, as you're helping develop other people, uh, they get, they get to go out and be more successful, then that, that is a personal recognition, because you're able to help, and, and uh, other people progress in their career, too, so, but that's a outstanding, uh, outstanding question.
0: Well, I, pre- I appreciate you uh, taking the time to answer it, and And you talked about uh, helping other people progress in their career, and that's definitely what our sponsors are doing here at the NJHA. So let's take a minute and give them a listen. All right, everybody, we are highlighting uh, our sponsor GKB Cattle this month for the month of March, and I have on the line with me Miss Kathy Buckholz. Kathy, do you want to tell me a little bit about yourself and about GKB? Sure, Noah.
2: GKB Cattle, that stands for the initials Gary, Kathy Buckholtz. and GKB cattle started in 1987. Gary and I have been partners working in our cattle operation all of our married life. I am a fourth generation Hereford breeder. My great grandfather raised Herefords in West Texas at our ranch that was established in 1896. Gary and I were excited and honored to carry on the Hereford legacy and our anchor. That is our brand in our logo. My dad gave that to Gary and I in 1996. My great aunt was the only one that had ever used that brand on the left hip. And my dad gave it to Gary and I on the left shoulder. So Gary and I have been very excited to develop our Hereford herd. And uh, we, we are very fortunate that we are with a breed that has sustained America and the cattle industry for so many years in the United States.
0: Thanks, Kathy. Do you mind telling us a little bit about your, your, your marketing scope and what ki- kind of Hereford cattle you're trying to produce?
2: In our marketing scope, uh, we sell Hereford Bulls private treaty. We sell Horn and Pole Bulls. The large majority of our customers are in Texas. In addition, we do sell groups of Hereford females, especially to those breeders south uh, in South Texas that want to utilize Herefords with American breeds such as Brahma and Brangus. Our marketing scope also includes show cattle. Our show cattle are to showcase the top elite genetics of the breed. And we do sell private treaty show heifers and show bulls to those registered breeders who want to add certain lines of genetics or certain EPDs to their herd. We have considered in the future the possibility of a production sale that is still on our timeline in the future. But we've had a very steady private treaty demand for both bulls and heifers. And we are are very fortunate in Texas that our market has stayed strong. So the overall marketing scope of GKB cattle is to reach out to those commercial producers and get those Hereford bulls and Hereford heifers out in the industry so we can see that white face. Because the Hereford breed works so well with so many other breeds.
0: Tell me about some, I know you guys are very involved. Tell me some about some about those other breeds that you guys might have and, and the impact that the, your Hereford cattle and Hereford bulls have on them.
2: We also have Brahma cattle, and we use our Hereford bulls on the Brahma cattle, on the Brahma females, to produce what's known as a tiger stripe. Those are highly marketable in the South. They have what is called a golden F1 certified, which means the SAR and the DAM are both registered in a breed association. And those are highly sought after. And so our Brahma herd of cattle are at Madisonville, Texas, which is approximately two hours north of the Houston area. And there is a steady demand for those kind of females, the F1s. In addition, we have Brangus cattle, which we have red and black. The black Brangus crossed with Herefords creates what's called a Super baldy in, in Texas. And again, we have a standing order for those. And the foreigners like the red Brangus to go to South America. And so our Hereford bulls and or hereford females is what we use in the brangus we actually use brangus bulls on hereford females and on the Bahamas we use the herford bulls so both ways we use our herfords whether it be bulls or females to incorporate those two american breeds and uh that is we're marketing all of those private treaty right now because we stay sold out so we haven't had the opportunity to even have a sale for those those two crosses
0: well, I think that speaks to your the the quality of your genetics here, and um, to our listeners out there. There's obviously any any aspect of the beef industry or any breed, I guess I should say, of the beef industry you want to get into. I, I would recommend GKB. Kathy, as we wrap up here, could you maybe tell us um, about just real quick about your support for the junior program and uh, why GKB chose to sponsor this uh, this calendar ad?
2: GKB believes in the youth. We believe that the youth are the foundation of our nation and of our cattle industry and the hereford breed and we feel that's very important and that is one thing that gary and i have spent a lot of time with is supporting it gary was an ag teacher and i grew up in the texas junior hereford association and then the american junior hereford association in, in my era and therefore we've seen how young people benefit from their experiences In a youth program through the hereford association and we want to continue that support for the future
0: well thank you very much for for taking the time to talk with us today kathy and i hope you have a great rest of your day thank
2: you noah it was our pleasure for gary and i to help support the juniors
0: with the calendar app all right everybody thank you for taking the time to to listen about our sponsors here at the njha but I'm really excited to get right back into it here with Jared. Um, really enjoyed the first part of this podcast. Um, so Jared, tell us about um, um, your, or, well, Cargill's role in the Steer Shootout Field Day that's coming up.
1: You bet. Uh, so, so first off, Cargill appreciates the opportunity and, and we're pretty excited. Like I had said earlier, you know, the opportunity to help educate folks on um, on what we're doing as a, as a producing community, as you think of a beef packer, and in, in physically creating that connection between muscle to meat, I think is uh, it's really important as as folks understand, you know, the genetics that they're producing every day and and how that really is going to be used by those uh, by from a consumer standpoint. So I, so first off, I want I need to recognize I've got a uh, a great team that's actually going to join me in uh, in Scott City, and uh, I'm really excited about the content as we brainstormed ideas on on how this could look. You know, we've got several recent graduates out of uh, CSU that are gonna participate with us and, and, um, and they're, they're just really outstanding ideas. So I can't take credit for, uh, for what we're gonna show, but I can sure talk about uh, what we're gonna do. So the first, um, we're gonna kind of open it up in a couple couple ways. Uh, the first section, we're gonna have kind of an overview. So we've got actually a video of one of our facilities and uh, we'll be able to kind of see a, a live video or not a live video, but a, a, a video of the entire process. And uh, we'll probably watch that through a couple times. First, you know, just to, to kind of see it all at once as a video. And then to, the second time, really go back and, and talk about each area and, uh, and the importance of what's occurring at each one of those steps as we're looking at that transition from muscle to meat. Um, then the next, we're going to break into, into some sessions. You know, I, we all get to get an opportunity to go to these deals. And a lot of times it's kind of a lecture and, hey, you know, probably not real involved we wanted to make sure and change that up a little bit as we're, as we're brainstorming with uh, the H.A. staff and, and the cargo team, how can we make it more interaction and, and create a little bit better experience uh, through that? So we're actually, we're going to break into three different groups. And um, so we're going to create these rotations. So the first rotation, we're, we're going to take an opportunity and break down a chuck. Uh, so we'll, we'll look at that, that, that chuck eye and, and figure out all those muscle seams and how that gets broken down. And really be able to walk the participants through um, through the, that process. Uh, the next rotation that we'll move into is kind of looking at yield grades and the difference of yield grades and in uh, the contour of muscle. So we're going to have uh, yield grade one and yield grade five uh, strip loin uh, fat on. We'll actually be able to trim those down and show you how much fat and, and the yield of products. So we're going to go through that yielding process too so that we understand what that cutability is. So whenever uh, you know, whenever we've got a customer that's buying the product and they see that much fat cover, you know, how do we make sure we present it and then uh, understand from a yielding standpoint what the advantage of a yield one to a yield two. And then, like I said, we'll also look at that muscle definition. Um, the next one, we're going to go into like that drop credit. I talked a little bit about, uh, about drop. Uh, so we're going to look at that. We're going to look at, you know, what, what tallow looks like. We're going to look at meat and bone meal. You know, we do, uh, we produce gelatin bone and uh, gelatin bone, if you're, if you're familiar with Jell-O and uh, J-E-L-L-O, right? And gelatin is the, is the key component of that. And that's actually one of the ways they make that is through gelatin bone and they process the gelatin out of that. So we'll kind of walk through uh, what that looks like. And then uh, we'll all come back together. We're going to talk about grading. Uh, we've got some some pictures that we'll be able to see cattle out in pens and then, uh, you know, how those cattle actually performed and graded. We'll talk about our vision, uh, the vision grading camera. And then uh, we're going to spend a little bit of time talking about animal welfare and the important role that we have every day and how we're caring for that. And then how that flows through uh, the the beef plant specifically. So pretty, uh, pretty excited. I mean, there's uh, there's quite a bit of, of content in that and uh, and I think it'll be pretty fun.
0: Uh, You're right. I do think there's quite a bit of content, but I think it's, I mean, to me, it sounds like it's all going to be very quality content. Um, If if, if you, you know, some of this could potentially be overwhelming to, you know, a kid that maybe has not experienced any of this before, right? What advice would you give someone going to the Fed Steer Shootout field day um, in order to take the, the most away from it?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a couple things. So we worked with uh, Trey and Chloe on, on pulling some information together. The, the team I mentioned that's that's pretty excited about pulling this together. We've, we've got a document that, uh, that we helped put together on kind of what are those key terms and what are you gonna learn? Um, so there's an opportunity to look at that. The other thing is there's a couple of videos that, that we're hoping to be able to share. And yeah, as long cool. as it all works works right with the internet um, and it's showing how how we actually process you know so it's it's taking that that finish good on the fabrication side and um, looking at a chuck for example so that four quarter section and how we actually cut a chuck so you start to kind of see and experience that um but the other thing is you're as you're thinking about it you just you know you, you start going through that if you can get if you can get your head wrapped around the muscle to meat and that transition that occurs um you know that that's really what you're looking for But you know there's nothing going to be uh you know there's there's nothing you know gory or anything like that that we're gonna you know we're not we're not taking you into the harvest floor or something like that um but it is it is very important to make sure we understand that the beef we're producing is going to end up on a plate and how can we um as beef producers make sure that that's the best eating experience so that they return and you know folks have a opportunity every day when they go to the grocery store Or they go to a restaurant. I mean, they've got an opportunity; they get a choice, right? Do I want a high-quality steak? Uh, Do I want a piece of chicken? Do I want a pork loin? And uh, you know, our goal as beef producers is how do we get them to to point to that steak every time? So, so that that education and what we can do. I mean, there's there's a lot that goes into that, and and I think it's a great opportunity for kids.
0: Well, Jared has given you guys some really good advice and and some maybe some insider info on uh, our Fed Steer Shootout. Field day on April 2nd at HRC. So, Jared, I thank you for talking about that. And we've got two, three minutes here. Um, Can you give me maybe just your your biggest piece of advice, real quick, on on um, you know a a young person that potentially wants to enter the the meat industry and
1: and what you would tell them and how how to go about it? You bet. Yeah, I mean, um, there's several there's several things to think about. So as you're as you're growing, you know, right now, and you're coming through college or you're coming through high school you know, figuring out how to get involved. If you've got a, if your local FFA or even the college has got, um, you know, meat judging, you know, that's a great way to get into a lot of facilities. So a lot of, a lot of the college colleges will actually do workouts in, uh, in the primary beef plants or some of these other production plants. So just being able to, to kind of see that and say, Hey, yeah, that does interest me. You know, that's a great way to kind of figure it out ahead of time. Obviously, participating here with us on uh, April 2nd will be, you know, if that interests you, that that obviously gets you gets you pretty excited. And then it's, you know, just exploring opportunities, you know. So Cargill, obviously, we've got internships, um, you know, that that we offer, whether that be in our sales team, whether that be on our food safety and, and quality assurance team. Uh, you look at our operations team, our maintenance, you know, an engineering group. I mean, so we've got a bunch of opportunities to figure out how to uh, how to get into the industry and and, um, and it is an absolutely great, absolutely great industry. I've, I've been extremely blessed. And, and there's, not, there's not a lot of folks in our industry that actually have the view of that producer footprint back into, uh, into that production agriculture, specifically in the packing plant. So, you know, being able to create that connection is a, is a huge advantage and having that background uh, coming into this is a big deal. So, so anyway, I, I think there's a lot of opportunities. We are gonna have, you know, I think Chloe's setting up a, uh, a round table or a panel discussion. We're uh, looking at looking at opportunities to talk about, uh, you know, different career choices. And we're gonna have a couple of folks, uh, like I said, that recent uh, recent graduates from CSU. One of them is in Dodge City, Kansas and is a general supervisor on our fabrication. So, you know, working with our employees and processing meat. And then the other uh, person that will sit on that panel from a cargo standpoint, uh, Jenna is our, she works in our trim sales area. So she actually works on moving, uh, you know, directly working with customers and, and moving, you know, trim uh, out of our beef plants into into our customers. So, so it'll be a great experience here. A couple different perspectives, uh, specifically from Cargill. There.
0: Well, thank you, Jared, for the advice, and and uh, again, thank you for coming on today, um, NJJ members. Uh, I hope you you give this a listen and and really pay attention here. And we hope to see you at the Fed Steer Shootout Field Day on on April second. Thanks for being here, Jared. Yep, and thank you. Appreciate it. All right, catch us back next time, guys, on the Junior Herford Show. You've been listening to the Junior Hereford Show with Noah Benedict. Make sure to come back next time to learn, lead, and achieve.